Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The show that is so bad, if played on a Samsung product, it won't catch fire. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you on Tuesday night, uh, June 27th. Wow, the end of June. And summer is quickly upon us on uh, tonight's show. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Dunhill in the more current shapes and or the more current finishes. Uh, I believe in the past we talked about the classic era all the way up into like the tan shell. We're going to cover some of the more current finishes. Uh, my guest tonight is Paige Sims, and uh, Paige has got quite a pipe collection. I mean, just a, an incredible collection of uh, squat bulldogs. And he's uh, one heck of a guy, so we'll talk to Paige. Uh, music, mailbag, and rant, all that coming up on tonight's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Um, now, uh, the next two weeks. The next one will be the 4th of July, Independence Day. And then the week after that, uh, July 11th, I will be in Las Vegas. And the week after that, July 18th, well, guess what we're going to do? Um, because of schedule and everything going on here... We are going to pre-record all three of those shows, so we will not be live for you uh, for the <laughs> for most of July. Um, but anyway, we're uh, yeah getting uh, going to take the long weekend of Independence Day here in the U.S. and uh, get ready to move, and then the trade show, and then coming back from the trade show. I don't know what what kind of mood I'll be in, but uh, we're getting ready for it. Uh, speaking of uh, speaking of the trade show, I've been watching the temperatures in Las Vegas of 115 degrees during the day, and uh, with the trade show's move to the Las Vegas Convention Center, that means that there is no directly connected hotel to the convention center, so I've decided to stay on the Strip at the Flamingo. Um, I can recommend the Flamingo to you if you want a guaranteed smoking room. If you want a nice room, I'll recommend someplace else. But anyway, for the trade show, I will be staying at the Flamingo Las Vegas and commuting on the monorail back and forth in 110 degree heat. So that should be interesting. But <laughs> either way, we'll survive it. Um, remember, it's a dry heat. It's not a humid heat. All right, let's get the show rolling. Everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. All right, I believe when last we talked about Dunhill, it was about uh, three, four years ago. And uh, again, when Dunhill started out in the 19-teens, uh, there were there were two basic finishes. There was the Briere, which is the uh, the darker kind of a uh, almost like a mahogany or purplish smooth, and then there was the uh, shell briar, the black the black blast sandblasted shell briar. Uh, later on in that time, they brought out what we all know as the root briar, which is kind of the lighter colored finish. Uh, you know, both uh, you know to accentuate the grain and uh, just looks you know, looks more appealing to the uh, 1940s, 1950s era. Uh, so Dunhill then in 1952 introduced the tan shell and that was a brownish sandblasted pipe. Now remember when we go way back we're talking about uh, Dunhill and all of their pipes were, uh, you know, the shells were a specific type of wood and the smooths were designed, you know, were a different kind of wood and everything was treated differently. So a sandblasted pipe was not a second of what was supposed to be a smooth. It was briar that was bought specifically to be a shell briar. Uh, then in, uh, as, as we go forward in the sandblasted finishes, uh, you get, the Cumberland, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna say a big thank you to pipefill.eu, p i p e p i p 
phil.phil.eu for all the work they've done in putting this stuff up. But I'll just give you a description of some of the other finishes. Uh, the Cumberland was a uh, short-lived finish that had what's classically called a brindle stem, but we now call it a Cumberland stem because of the color and the style of it. And the Cumberland was essentially a, uh, a tan shell or that color of pipe with a Cumberland stem on it. Uh, the other variations that they had also was, uh, and this is the red bark and the ruby bark. Uh, the red bark and ruby bark, kind of interchangeable, but slightly different colors. Uh, the red bark and ruby, obviously a reddish color, red sandblast. Uh, most of the time, they'd be fitted with a uh, with a black stem. Uh, county, and uh, let's get into the other finishes. Yeah, the the county and the russet. Uh, to me, they look kind of interchangeable, except the russet is a smoothish, smooth, and the county is more of a lighter brown sandblast than what the Cumberland was. So the Cumberland, and it had a Cumberland stem on it, but it replaced the Cumberland finish. Uh, the county might have been a little bit more of a rugged style for you. Uh, included in that, also, you, you'll run into the dress pipe, which is a black, black uh, solid black. Uh, then, when you get into the more modern era, and when I mean more modern era, we're talking like the 90s, uh, chestnut is a shade between Briere and Root Briar. Uh, on the shells, you start getting gratings called ring grain, or RG, and that's for sandblasts that are perfectly good ring grains. Uh, a lot of times you'll see ones that say HT on it, which means that it was a hand-turned uh, a hand-turned pipe. Uh, the shilling is a, a sandblasted pipe with a Cumberland uh, with a Cumberland stem, and the shilling to me looks a little darker than what we were talking about with the county or the original Cumberland, um, a little more of a deeper brown. But this was when Dunhill started uh, really kind of experimenting around with their different uh, with different finishes and different styles. Um, a collector is not particularly a finish, but it's a shape that is of exceptional style, one-of-a-kind, hand-turned, and a little more bold-looking. Um, and then the, the two highest ones that I'll talk about are the uh, DR, uh, the DRs with the letters, and then the DRs with the stars. And the DR stood for stands for dead root. Those are the straight grains, perfect ones. Early on, they're going to be letters, A being the lowest grade. I think the highest one I've heard of is a DRH. And then you'll, and then more recently, you'll see them with stars, one star all the way up to five or six stars. Um, also in that is the amber root. The amber root is a nice, uh, a nice red that's done to accentuate the grain. And then instead of using stars, they use little flames on it. So you'll see an amber flame anywhere from one to five. Uh, now they're all being stamped the white spot. And that's purely because of the corporate changes. But there's uh, some background on some of the, uh, the lesser known Dunhill finishes. Again, still the three that you the, the three that are the most popular, the shell, the root, and the Briere. And in just a minute we'll have uh, Paige Sims on with me and we'll talk about his uh, collection of squat bulldogs. This is Internet Radio. Italians have always been known for their aesthetic passion. It's their birthright, their legacy. And just like Savinelli, it continues to grow and evolve. It is ever changing. Milan, 1876. Achille Savinelli set out to change the way the world viewed smoking pipes, opening one of the world's first specialist tobacco shops. From one small storefront to a factory that delivered handmade pipes all over the world, the legacy he forged became one filled with success and prestige. 
Achilles' dream is carried on today by his family, who continues the Savinelli legacy. Each year, Savinelli debuts a series of new, forward-thinking designs, comprised of quality-crafted pipes shaped from some of the best briar in the world. Behind every beautiful object, there's a story. Start your own chapter. Visit your local tobacconist or premium online dealer today. Welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show. And joining us is uh, Paige Sims. And Paige is probably not a name a lot of you have heard. But Paige, you've been pipe collecting for a while. You have a pipe collection that is uh, unique, beautiful, special. And I'm looking forward to talking uh, talking about it. Uh, this is one of the few times when being on being audio only, we can't see the pipes while we're looking at them, but you know, we're, well, you and I'll do our best to, uh, describe them to everybody, but, uh, Paige Sims, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, thank you. And I'm honored to be here. I've been a fan for many, many moons. And so, Um, you know, it's a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. Uh, it's always fun to hang out with you, but go back to the beginning. When did you uh, when did you start smoking a pipe? <laughs> My goodness, you're talking ninth, tenth grade in Delmore, Maryland. Um, uh, George Stevens, my next door neighbor, who uh, drove me to Woodstock because he did, he had his license and I didn't. Um, <laughs> we wanted to be different and. Um, the, I think my first my first pipe was a um, a gray bow, and I strongly remember Milton's cherry blend, the white pass with a red oval, and uh, of course the, you know the sculpture and all that, and um, and then it gravitated to a um, a medico white straight bulldog briar. And I was still smoking Middleton's. I don't think I was doing Palatins yet, but you know, I remember. Uh, yeah, um, it's interesting. You know, I don't remember having a tamper until twenty years later, <laughs> and I don't, I don't, I don't remember the pipe going out much. So I get, and I don't, I don't remember my finger hurting. <laughs> but um, I always wondered why that white painted medico straight stem group four briar started getting these dark spots on both sides of a white pipe. (laughs) So it was in high school. Funny story quickly. Um, I was, um, I wasn't athletic, but you know, you're supposed to play football and all that. And um, you're talking 1967, 68, um, Long story shorter, um, I remember in high school, back then you could, you know, you snuck a smoke in the men's room. Yeah. And I remember that, I remember the coach, uh, Mr. Bradley, all he would do was he would open the door and smell and say, all right, start doing laps. And I never understood why he knew I was in there. <laughs> Meaning, he smelled cherry tobacco and he said, Sims, get your you know what out here and do laps. And I'm like, well, well how did you know I'm in here? Because everybody else, everybody else is, is smoking Marlboros. I'm smoking Middleton's Cherry Blend in the boys' bathroom in a Delaware <laughs> high school. So that's what started me smoking because you, you wanted to be different and pipes were cool. So then you know, let's go back to. I want to go back to something that you said. Uh, you mentioned Woodstock. Or were you talking about the uh, the famous Woodstock Music Festival? In, uh... Yes. Um, George had his license. I didn't. And we both brought our medicos and gray boat types with Thousand's Cherry Blend. Um, while I'm thinking about it, I didn't experiment by mixing filling stream with... Um, what was that company that made, uh, it was a red, it was a plaid, it was a plaid pouch. <laughs> anyway, there was a menthol tobacco, and at that time, 
there was this um, melting of wonderfulness where you put a charcoal filter in your Manitoba gray bow and you mixed part menthol, part um, certain strain, and it tasted like Nirvana. <laughs> so that's all I knew about smoking. And um, I remember the, uh, and my mother called, I called my mother like halfway to uh, New York. Her phone booth, of course, phone booths were still there, and it's like 10 cents. And she said, you know, I know what you are. I know where you're at. <laughs> Being a loving mother, she said, be careful. I love you. Be careful. That was the first time I ever saw a woman of my age with no clothes on. <laughs> and I thought, this is really cool. And I'm probably like, I'm smoking my pipe. Well, I did do the occasional Marlboro Red and drinking Slick's beer. And I thought, what is that smell? But uh -oh. long story short, Sunday morning, everyone left except most of us. And I'm... Hundred yards on the stage, and Jimi Hendrix did his Star Spangled Banner and everything else, and it changed my life. Uh. So anyway, that's that part. But anyway, so um, I was a pipe smoker in high school. I wow. just loved the fact that you needed stuff, you needed a tamper, it tasted wonderful, it was really cool. So let, let's fast forward. When did you find out about, uh, you know, when, when did you get above the Dr. Graybo and the, and the, the commercial drugstore tobaccos? Um, well, I, I think, I don't know. I think it's true that, um, uh, so you're talking late, late sixties. I went to Wesley college. Um, I broke into the ad for red and, um, working with the whiskey attracted me um at that point i had nothing that was top drawer but i i, I always like at that point i, I liked shapes um shapes turn me on um they still do but i wasn't into the into the historical significance so much later i liked shape was really cool to me less important than grain. Um, there was a pipe shop in Salisbury, Maryland, where I grew up, Watson Smokehouse. Um, they, that was where I um, first got, um, there was a magazine that was three issues. It was Pipe World. Yeah. I read that magazine like six times. You know, um, enjoyed that shape really attracted me i remember there was mr it was watson smokehouse so i was here in maryland um there was an old guy mr watson sitting in the corner with a suit on smoking a billiard and i thought that is the ugliest pipe i've ever seen in my life <laughs> it's plain looking it's like what is he smoking this and i didn't know what a billiard was but it was a billiard and i was into the free hands um uh, Perfect home was God. Ben yeah. Wade was the second God. The freehand pipes were incredible. I went to, um, there was Fenlar, Michael Kabik, I met, and I was like, well, it was the movie with, um, um, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. Remember the guys in the basement from Saturday Night Live? Yeah. <laughs> Remember? Wayne's Ooh. World. Rainsworth. 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 Remember when you met Alice Cooper? I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. You know. But uh, and I thought that's the ugliest, plainest looking life in the world. I was into the glorious freehands for um and you'd be talking early seventies to the later seventies and um I went to my first pipe show, moved from Salisbury to Baltimore. Um, and it was the, it was one of the last uh, PCI shows. That's when Bruce Spencer, who originated 
is wonderful. You know, we all, you know, I mean, all of us old veterans, remember that little small magazine? Remember? It was the PCI magazine. Um, so informative and so wonderful. Um, and I think that was the last show that Bruce Spencer had. It was in Crystal City Airport. It was either in New Jersey or New York. It was in the airport area. You know, it was like the thing, a, a kid in a, in a uh, candy factory. <laughs> I remember bringing this... Um, I wasn't into... I At that point, I had one 7 autograph with a car shank with a red bowl, and I was smoking Ivan Reese's three-star blue, meaning I still was into the aromaticness that most of us virginal pipe smokers like. There's nothing wrong with that at all. I'm not being judgmental. But I wasn't into the, you know, I remember, I remember bringing this Haywoody cabinet that I bought somewhere. Anyway, it was three floors. And I'm like, I'm like overwhelmed. Wow. And, um, it was a, it was a frock, you know, it was so packed that I was on the third floor. Um, and I don't know what, we are a family. We pipe smokers, it doesn't matter if we are grave diggers, brain surgeons, accountants, whatever. We are the same. There's no judging. We are a fraternity. We smoke a pipe. And we learn from each other. It's an incredible brotherhood that I adore. Anyway, the, the show was ending. I walked downstairs like Sunday after Sunday, you know, and um, I, don't, I don't remember if I was broke or not. I think I was. I don't know. But uh, I didn't know him at the time. I think it was Basil Rathbone. I mean, uh, Basil Sutherland, oh. who I found out later who he was. And... I don't think it was salesmanship at all. It wasn't. But somebody knew me and said, would you sure that pipe the bag? I was smoking Kevin Holmes, you know, freehand, you know, a bulbous, wonderful grain pieces. And he pulled out this Dunhill ODA K38, which is the perfect squad photo. And I thought, why did that happen? <laughs> the shape, the it showed. The first thing I thought it was like wearing a tree jacket with those leather elbow things on it, you know, which has never been me because I'm an old hippie and I live in t-shirts and cutoffs. But it just blew me away. And he said something like, um, "Somebody said you like this," and I was out of money, and um, I thanked him. And I said, could you, could you save that for me because I'm out of money? He said, no, because I hear from people that you're one of us, and you gave me that money. Oh, wow. Now, and I remember uh, he only charged me $300. And to this day, right now, on eBay, oh, that pipe's worth twice that. Yeah, easily. The, the shape just blew me away. Um, that changed me from free hands to shapes. Uh, Dunhill was, there was no one that made the perfect English shape other than Dunhill. For example, for John Eels, yeah. one, of the best, one of the best American carvers in the world the treasurer for decades at, at, at the court, uh, taught me many things. One of them, he told me, he said, Paige, what makes a bulldog? It is a perfect 90-degree angle. In other words, take the angle from the sides of the pipe and where those beads turn in towards the heel. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That has to be 90 degrees. 
plain and simple. Plus, you can't the ball forward 10, 12%. That is the perfect squat bulldog. Uh, Dunhill was famous for making the perfect shaped, measured with a micrometer, if you will, perfect shape. For example, a billiard. I'm fudging a little bit, but I'm pretty darn sure that the that the back of the bowl is two thirds as tall as the length of the shank. Plus, it has a 19 degree forward cap. All I'm saying is that originally, Alfred Company made the perfect English shaped plate. Apple. Dublin, whatever. Anyway, that plate blew me away and got me, it just, it looks, oh my God, it was just, it's sexy, uh, incredible shape pipe. That was incredible. But anyway, that pipe got me started. That is a perfect place for us to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk more about the, <laughs> perfect measurements of a squat bulldog, maybe some of your favorite pieces and uh, some of your favorite people. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell and Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. Since 1990, Cornell and Deal has been producing high quality pipe tobacco expertly blended by hand using time-honored methods, unique recipes, and no small amount of innovation. One example of such innovation is our bestseller, Autumn Evening. We start with whole leaf red Virginia and strip the stems by hand. The tobacco is then cut into ribbons and cooked for two days according to our unique recipe to create our special red Virginia Cavendish. Then we infuse the tobacco while it's still hot with our secret flavoring to achieve the sublime sweetness, deep flavor, and delightful aroma that makes Autumn Evening so well-loved by our loyal customers and everyone around them as they enjoy this very special blend. Cornell and Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. It's a labor of love. Contact your local or online retailer for information. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show visiting with Paige Sims. And Paige, you gave us the dimensions of a perfect bulldog. What makes a squat bulldog perfect to you? Well, I described a perfect English bulldog. Yeah. Um, the world hasn't seen that since. I've got many ODA. In other words, the Dunhill ODA 838 made before, uh, I would say, the mid-80s, the early 80s, the whole shape changed. So um, why Dunhill changes shapes? I don't know. I'm not even getting into that. But that, that was the perfect English bulldog. In other words, there was a time where Camoys, DVDs, you know, uh, uh, the English pipes made the perfect pipe. Now, they were phrased, which, which maybe made it easier to make that, you know, that a micrometer accurately shaped shape what it was. Maybe. Anyway, I just mentioned what the perfect English bulldog was. Um... But that's not as important. In other words, that's that. But I have pipes, like, like for example, when I uh, presented my pipes in Chicago, my sign was Squat Bulldogs and Rhodesians. A Rhodesian has a round shank. Yeah. A Bulldog has a diamond shank. Um, there, there are many variations on the Squat Bulldog. I mean... I could talk about the Costellos and the Connoisseurs and the Old Nellies and, you know, but, for example, the original Sassinis, these fishtail pre-World War II Sassinis, um, the original Abu Bond, the Moise, they were still perfect bulldogs. 
Um, but I sort of enjoyed the variations of the bulldog shape. But one of the things that is imperative is the bow's got to, the stem's got to be straight. So no bends. No bend. No bend. Um, you know, there's many variations, and that was that's one of the many reasons why our hobby is so wonderful, because there's this artistic there's this artistic freedom. I mean, I mean, I have an old Nelly. You know, I have that. You know, I that quite closely. If our audience read, um, I think it was the previous edition of PNT uh, Magazine, there was a wonderful article on old Nelly Pines. Um, he made me this eight-sided, faceted squat bulldog. And yeah. he said, well, you know, if you, if you count them, there is uh, it was at least 18 facets. Well, in other words, you know, where if you go up to the side of the ball, it goes in, it goes out, and it goes above the rings. It, it's an incredible precision-made, eight-sided, yeah. handmade pipe. That is incredible. It blows me away where, you know, just a little, just a sandpit, just a, a sneeze while you're sanding it, you know. But anyway, I mean, um, I don't want to be labeled, well, you know, I graduated to those three things that makes it's important to me. Um, historical significance, shape, and then grain. There's no one that likes straight green more than I do, but shape is more important. Although you give me a cross-cut glass and I'm a happy man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess what, and one of the things, um, I met Rex Peckinpah at a Vegas show. And like I say, he asked me to present my pipes. Chicago, and I was like, I'm like, what? He said, but you shut up. You've got best spots in the world. I was honored and nervous, and gosh darn it, I took every, I must have brought, you know, I almost needed two cabinets. Um, <laughs> and I, um, and every pipe, I spent, I mean, I cleaned a friggin' mortise with alcohol, let alone used, um, uh, you know, a, quad, a quadruple zero steel wool after I used, you know, the um, bleach white and my secretly white rouge anyway. Um, I was so honored. And uh, John Sider, a good friend that I learned from and love as a brother, as we all love each other, um, he, he had previously um, presented his wonderful um, talk bill. John had a wonderful time in a previous show, collect, you know, presenting his. And what it was neat was, you know, Chicago was the best bike show in the world. And the sign above the displays, when you walk in, they call it a educational display. And I'm like, what? You know, it was really cool. But anyway, John said, I get a chair, sit there, and just absorb people coming in. And I did, but I didn't do it long enough. But if I'm honored to ever do it again before I die, hopefully old age, I would be there much longer. I'm like a normal price man. It's like, Chicago. The biggest type show in the world. You know, I sat there in front of my glass case for like maybe an hour or something and just got an itch and said, well, I want to see what, it's the biggest type show in the world. It's like, I want to get some pipes and black. Anyway, long story short, I don't mean to ramble. I remember it made my show. It's, I don't want to get emotional, but um, I was sitting there and this young gentleman, maybe in his 20s, late 20s, um, walked by, and he looked at my case, 
And he said it was either his father or grandfather that recently died. And that was the shape that he liked, that he smelled. <laughs> and he said he thanked me for saying, you remind me of my, my recent loss. You had to be there, but it was that made. I could have bought a Fiamma Castello or whatever, and it just blew me away. Wow. He, 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 he shook my hand and hugged me like I was his cousin. And like a dummy butthead, I didn't, uh, you know, I was excited to buy another new piece of burnt wood. And I learned from that. And what I did, I mean, we all do it. You did it to me. Everyone does it because we're brothers. Um, there was, I think it was the Daniel that I had like two or three of them. It was a nice, um, it was a, um, it was a good 4-0 that Daniel was famous for. And I gave him that pipe and I said, I want that to help you with your memories of your loss. Wow. That was the coolest thing that I've done in many a long time. That was really, really cool. And that's an, that's, that is an example. I mean, certain parts of menu of certain friends and things. I mean, um, while we're on it, um, Mike Lesky, we all, if we in the know, we knew who Mike Lesky was. He collected Parkers, but more importantly, he was a pioneer, a leader. He was, was, was he the original president of, of Chicago? Yeah, I think he was. He collected Parkers. Many, many years ago, uh, Richmond, um, I found a couple of parking buildings in the yard set or something, and... Um, I knew he collapsed him. And the next year I went to Chicago and I said, hey, Mike, I thought I knew what these clients would say. Guys, they're nice. I don't, uh, you know, they were like, they were like those typical LB. He said, hey, Mike, how much you want for him? I said, 20 bucks. He said, for each? I said, no, I paid 20 bucks for him. I want you to have them. <laughs> the, la the next to the last court show. Mike comes up to me and presents me this blue um, uh, sock Parker. And it is a Parker pack from the 30s. It was a year. I said, holy shit, Mike, what do you want for it? He said, I want nothing. This is your pipe. I said, what are you talking about? And that son of a gun remembered when I gave him those Parkers for what I paid for them. I don't want it. All I'm saying is is that we have a wonderful brothership and camaraderie that we have. And in this non-smoking, anti-smoking, zealot bunch of weirdness, it doesn't matter. We're brothers. Like I said, doesn't matter what you do, we are the same. Speaking of non-smoking, just for a minute, do you mind telling everybody what yeah. you do for a living? I'm a I'm a physician assistant. I was a respiratory therapist at a college. Um, got bored with that, and I became a emergency medicine physician assistant since 1986. Um, I'm still doing it. I I now have my gravy job. I I'm getting older, and I don't want to shift work anymore, and I've got my grade orthopedic job, and I'm off weekends, and it's I'm in a good place right now. <laughs> so you're a, you're a pipe smoker that's in healthcare? Yes. Yeah. You know, sometimes I make a mistake um, where, you know, I need, I'll smoke a bowl on the way to work, and sometimes I forget to crack the window enough and knowing me, I get up late because I like to sleep, and I make the alarm. I know exactly how much minutes I get to make to make my omelet, and 
my coffee and whatever, and I enjoy a fight in the morning. So I'm driving to work with my beard flat and my hair flat, and I wonder why some of the anti-smoking zealot uh, buttheads are going, have you been smoking again? <laughs> and I'm like, I smoked a pie, you know. But, uh, yeah, there's, I mean, if you want to get into the lies about second smoke, we will, but I don't think it's the perfect time unless you want to. No, let, uh, let's get back into the fun stuff of. Uh, let's, yeah, no let's, question. Let's get back into the fun no stuff question. of your uh, of your collection. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How many pipes are in your squat bulldog? Or I was afraid you were going to ask me that. <laughs> when I originally presented in Chicago, that I was honored to do, it was something like seventy nine, eighty seven, or something. Um, in the meantime, I have called them in that, at that point, um, I don't mean to slant certain, uh, brands, but I, I got rid of the, um, you know, if anything had a fill in it, I got rid of it. Um, I got rid of the Medicos and the, um, I don't think I ever had a, um, who was the guy that had that slots with that paper filter? What was that? <laughs> yeah, Carrie. Carrie. I never had a Carrie. In other words, I, I called the collection to make just the top drawer wonderful pieces. Um, I've yet to, to count my collection, but an accurate amount would be probably still a good. 75, 80. What? They're all special, special pieces. So what happens uh, when you come across one that improves your collection? Do you get rid of the one that it replaces? No, no. There's nothing that I have now that is available. Um, I, with that in mind, it's hard for me to find a new piece I mean, I've got, just for an example, um, it, it's hard for me to find, and I'm, you know, and squats are my favorite on eBay, and and then I'll do the D's and thinking I'll find something. <clears throat> but, I mean, I've got all of the ODAs that don't have what I want. Sheraton made a rare um, squat. I've got the smooth and the root. I mean, it's smooth in the show. Um, I've got an incredible kind of sewer that looks more like the Starship Enterprise. <laughs> but it's a diamond shank. It is an incredible piece of wood. I've got all the Sassinis. A Sassini made the classic bulldog. But, um, for example, I have a Calvert that I love as much as anything. You know, for example, for, you know, it's it's quality, but it's more. It's, I've become more historically 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 significant. Meaning, I have a Cellini that I paid um, uh, like forty five bucks on eBay, and a Cellini's American pipe never demanded much um, acceptance. But this is an old piece. And Cellini, when I got that pipe, it showed me that that was a Dunhill bowl probably made in France. Hmm. It is identical to the old A38. Wow. You gave me, pretty much gave me a Lowy. Yeah. Because you wanted me to have it. Yeah, I don't know. But you charged me 40 bucks or something. <coughs> which is like what you paid for it. I would not take 200 bucks for that time. We all have to remember, it's like old furniture. The old shit's better than the new shit. <laughs> that pipe was in the 50s. Yep. It's like smoking a sponge. It's incredible. Um, no one, for some reason it's hard, you know, I mean, I have commissioned a lot of the American carvers too. You know, I mean, I've given them their 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 
uh, artistic freedom. And knowing me, I've given him an 838 from the 60s and say, use that as a guide and all that. I've given that to many, many, many people. And Dr. Bob is the only American carver that has done an incredible job. All you guys out there, Dr. Bob makes a wonderful part. The guy, I mean, you know, but there's radicalness. I mean, ask what the guy from, you know, you know, ask what the guy is, you know, he's English, isn't he? Yeah. In other words, I'm trying to add these new carvers that do an incredible job. Aswick made me a, and it's, it's not called a squad, it's, a, it's very radical and short, but it's, it's shape, 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 you know. If you want to talk of affordability and one of the best pipes you ever smoke, it's a firm down. Yeah. Firm down is only, uh, Daniel's, Daniel's stopped, according to Bill Taylor, because he worked there, uh, Dunhill used a oily rag into the bowl after 1968. That was your, oh, whoops, I said a cheap <laughs> Anyway, Fern Down is one of the few, uh, listen guys and girls, Fern Down makes a wonderful plant and they're all pure. I've got several Fern Downs that I cherish. You know, um, I'm, I'm, I am I'm honored to have a Michael Fry. I'm honored to have one of the original Kamoi. Um, yeah, the um, uh, the Pat. Um, yeah, it was the Pat. It was a Grand Slam. Lynn uh, Hines shared it with me because he loves me and he knows I'm a squat man. He gave me a 1942, 1945 Costello. It's so old that the, that the stem is balkanite. And the white bar is like trying to come out. I showed that to Chuck Rio. And he almost dropped it. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, I love the shape. Um, it's like, you know, it's interesting. People and people that you know, I started to say that it's for better smokers, but it's not. If you cherish what you like, and we all do, you know, oh, that's, those bullshit things are going to burn out. They're going to burn out. They're going to burn out. Smoke it light. But anyway. One more question, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, sure. Do you have other pipes in your collection besides the squats? Yeah, I'm I'm trying to, I mean, I had like, I never counted my pipes because, you know, a part of them were in a, were, were in a uh, paper box in the kitchen that needed a new whatever and, and whatever. I never, people say that I probably had like 300 some pipes. I've yet to count them. Um, at my at my time, at my point of my life, um, I love old English briars. Um, no one's going to get my squat collection. Um, I've got a semi-reasonable Mearsham collection. I should get rid of them because I don't smoke them that much. Um, I smoke something in them that's too strong for a briar. Um, but... Um, I focus on I focus on the old fishtail scenes. Yeah. There's no one that loves a robot that's at least seven inches long more than me. <laughs> um, I have drastically reduced my sharing collection, although I was one of the original members of the society. Um, to answer your question quickly, I. I own um, probably 40 old ODA uh, Dunhills. Wow. Um, I, um, I've i got a Joe Beast from the 60s. I paid $40 for the green <coughs> reliable, any old Algerian sandblasted shell 
comitores. No one's going to get my Johnny Hills from me. <laughs> um, what else? Um, you know, especially my squats, my ODAs, I have some, a dozen Sheraton's. Um, I guess, I guess when you get old, when you get to be an old fart like me and you know what you're doing, you historically, historical significance is something, you know, and if I'm focusing on anything because there's, I, there's very, you know, I check out the squats all the time. There's nothing that I don't already have or doesn't meet my standards. If I have any focus, it's only GBD unique. Uh, Hoy Jameson was a master. Yeah. What he did with the Dremel tool, there's carving that he did. He did it with a freaking Dremel tool or something. He's like, holy <laughs> moly. Yeah. You know? But they're like people in the know. You don't see people hoard them. You don't see this wonderful. You don't see in the early days one of the sisters of that. I went to Chicago. I think aluminum, you know, I didn't make it because of my IDB stuff, but there was no old English bars at Chicago. There's a reason for that. That us veterans know what smokes like a gosh darn dream. You know? But if I had any focus, um, but see, I don't, we've all said this many times, like, I don't need another pie. That's bullcrap, because we do, because we love camaraderie. It's to the point where some of us eventually go, and no one knows it, <laughs> because um, we don't advertise it. You know, for example, your collection of Disney pipes is incredible. There's probably somebody that that nobody in the pipe world knows that has a better car collection than you and I do. Yeah. In other words, there's no there's no way of advertising because you don't do it to advertise. You do it because it tastes good, you know. And, and, that and it makes you makes happy. Everything. Yeah, you know. But anyway, yeah, I. Um, you know, like, for example, I was in Miss Chicago doing it last time, but the last time I went, I saw every table, and I, there were six pipes that I really liked out of Chicago, the biggest pipes thing in the world. And I do this, I do this metal thing with me that I've learned, and sometimes it's bitten me in the butt. It's like, well, well Paige, if this pipe is really for you, It'll be there when you come back. <laughs> yeah, how does that work uh, out? I learned, and, but see, I forget that I learned like at the Richmond years ago. Gosh darn it, if it blows you away, gosh darn it, buy it now. <laughs> you know? But, you know, so I bought those four that were last and went from there. But it's not, it's the friendship, it's the camaraderie. You know, I love seeing you, I love seeing family. That's why we go. Now, you know, none of us is whatever enough to say, well, we don't. We would like to buy another piece of burnt wood. But the best part is after the show, going up to that room on the sixth floor of the South Tower or something, and, you know, uh, uh, pouring a libation and just talking about the world and, and sharing these 20 year old Virginias and these real family. I don't know if anybody read my thing about the last court show which didn't exist. It's like, um, I wish pipe show people keep in mind how important their job is. Because when shows die, friendships die. Traditions end. You know I mean? Yep. And it's hard to but bring anyway, them back. So, yeah, so, you know, you know, if anybody has a squat bulldog that they don't like, give me a call. <laughs> That's a yeah. perfect place for us to wrap it up. Uh, we'll finish off with the Fast Five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Yep. What is your favorite pipe? 
It has to be um, a patent um, dunghill shell um, that the older ones had a very thin shank with more of a saucer bowl. And I had to sell that, among other things, during some financial problems back in the 80s. And I sell it on eBay, and I got it back. <laughs> wow. That's probably my favorite. And what is your favorite tobacco? I tell people, if I was on a desert, uh, there's, in other words, my name on eBay is Latakia Warren. <laughs> Does that answer any questions? I used to live, I miss, I used to live on Achievement Ball. I never understood all these Richmond guys that smoked Virginia's. But when I found some um, 2000, it was like a year old Blackbird Flake McClellan. McClellan is the best producers in the world. Uh, the answer to your question is I was on a desert island. I had one tobacco to smoke, it would be McClellan's 27 and McClellan's Black Flake. And what is your favorite drink? Um, with no hold barred. Yeah. Um, I would say a wonderful um, a Pomerol on the low red wine. When it's time to relax, do you prefer although, a... Although Jim Bean, although Jim Bain and Bud Platinum doesn't do a bad job either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Time to relax. I read PNK Magazine. I read the NSAPC. <laughs> I enjoy that. There's nothing better late at night. You know, no, I, have to, I have to be bluntly honest. I very I need I smoke a full body cigar every night. Yeah. I enjoy a rich Honduran you know, Honduran, you know, I gravitate to the Corojo Carrillo wrappers. I enjoy a full rich in your face cigar every night with a glass of wine. Although I'm a pipe smoker. And then the last question is, do you have a favorite pipe-smoking-related memory that we haven't talked about? Um, yeah, well, top three is my son, Kelsey, who I adore, turned 30 this year. I tried, you know, I mean, I was like, you know, well, son, these pipes will be yours someday when I'm done. <laughs> anyway, a couple, three years ago, I mean, I've been a member of the Chesapeake Pipe Club for decades. I'm the vice president and all that crap. Um, finally, and I've got I've got the picture on my phone where Kelsey bought his first pipe and fired up his first bowl. <laughs> so my son became a pipe smoker. And I don't think, you know, well, probably psychologically or Gordian, he probably got tired of me giving him shit, you know. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, that's probably that that warmed my heart to a blow, you know. And I turned him on to Father Dempsey. I turned him on to he's not a Virginia, but he loves Father Dempsey, among others. And it makes my heart glow because I love him dearly, and he loves me dearly. And we're best of friends. To reach out to Paige, you can find him at a uh, pipe show, probably uh, probably smoking a pipe. Or... Uh, yeah. I love smoking cigars at pipe. Yeah. Or uh, find uh, Paige Sims on uh, Facebook, and uh, if they've got yeah. a squat for Please you, that's a, that's a good way for them to get a hold of you. Please write to me. I'll enjoy talking to everybody. And, I, and, and I'll see you in Chicago. Paige, thank you very much for coming on and talking about your uh, your beautiful collection. You know, and thank you for the honor to do it, my friend. And we'll be back in just a minute.
Meet Aaron, one of the most important people at SmokingPipes.com. In our shipping department, he's one of the cogs in the highly efficient wheel, if you will, that's responsible for making sure your order goes out right every time. Ain't that right, Aaron? I don't know all about that cog and the wheel stuff, but I do know at SmokingPipes.com, I take my work very seriously. Pulling tents of tobacco, weighing bulk tobacco, triple checking orders, and getting them out the door. Since it's so easy to order from SmokingPipes.com, you're keeping Aaron pretty darn busy. Look at him go, go, go. <laughs> In fact, it's been a challenge to get him to stop long enough to say hello. But Aaron doesn't mind. He loves his job at SmokingPipes.com. Why is that, Aaron? Because I don't just ship pipes. I smoke them. Gotta run. <laughs> just log on to SmokingPipes.com or call us at 1-888-366-0345. We are quality. We are experts. We are SmokingPipes.com. This is Internet Radio. Welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show. And uh, check out the uh, Pipes Magazine radio show page on PipesMagazine.com. We've put up some pictures of Paige's uh, pipes. I mean, it's from the Chicago display in 2012, and they are absolutely beautiful. Uh, because of time, we'll skip right over music, and we will go directly into the mailbag and going back to uh, two weeks ago with Russ Cook. I missed a couple. Uh, Casey Ghost says, damn, here it is Tuesday, and I'm just now posting this. Well, it was a good show. Russ in person is somewhat soft-spoken, so it was a delight to be able to hear him. In addition to winning the Slow Smoke Contest at the KC show, he won an award for the best non-Briar, non-Meersham pipe at the show. He didn't have much to say at our show, but he really does have quite an accent. <laughs> uh, and EMG Pipe says, uh, great show as usual until the end. Are you saying Texas barbecue requires ketchup or that do you think it comes with ketchup for some reason? Either way, I'm offended. Get yourself some proper Texas smoked brisket and stop spreading fake news. LOL. And yes, I am a Texan. Uh, and then he says, FYI, the uh, Texas Pipe Show is actually a collaboration of all four Texas Pipe Clubs, including Austin, Houston, Dallas, and Waco. So there should be a good showing of uh, pipe smokers and cowboy hats there. Um, <laughs> let me just respond to the barbecue. Uh, living in North Carolina, where it is vinegar-based, we consider anything that is thick barbecue to be a ketchup sauce. Um, I do love uh, Texas brisket, though. Oh, God, is it good. Uh, and then going to last week's show with uh, Dave Shane, uh, Casey Ghost says, you found a couple of good old smokers for us. Cushing was a pretty good Sherlock Holmes in his day. Uh, the other master of pipes was Sykes Wilford of Smoking Pipes. Dave has a wonderful collection of good pipes in his collection. He's doing good work in getting pipes to those that need them. Yes, he is, and I did send him some of my pipes. And then finally, Al Jones says, A great interview with Dave. Good choice and perfect person to honor with the Master of Pipes. Honor. I have to disagree with your advice to buff off oxidation on the, on a stem. Trying to buff off heavy oxidation would most likely alter the stem profile and still not get all the ox get off the oxidation. It can also create waves. A better a better procedure is to use different grades of sandpaper than use the buffer to finish the shine. If your buffer is throwing parts at you, uh, the buffer is either oriented or wired wrong, it should spin counterclockwise and away from the operator. Hold the pipe on the pad at around 7 o'clock position. There you go. Thank you very much. Um, I will say I've had a few pipes bang around, so uh, a couple of different ideas there for uh, how to keep a pipe clean. And in just a moment, rant time. take this moment uh, to rant uh, and remind, rant and remind, 
that it is summertime. The weather is nice. We should be outside smoking our pipes in our cars on a long drive, smoking our pipes. Anybody going anywhere over the long holiday weekend, bring your pipe with you. Smoke your pipe while you drive down the road. Uh, Show off your pipes and show off what a pipe smoker looks like now. Northern Hemisphere people, we need to be outside smoking our pipes and being visible. There, Europe. If you're in Europe, you should be sitting at a little cafe somewhere, sidewalk, with your pipe out. If you are a pipe smoker and the only time you smoke is when you come home at night in your own privacy, we need you all to get outside and be in the public eye and smoke your pipe. It's important that people see what a pipe smoker looks like. It's important that people listen and learn from us about pipe smoking and that it's not... It's not the same as smoking a cigarette. It's important to be visible in the car, on the beach, in the park, wherever you can. Bring your pipe with you. Even if it's just for a 20-minute smoke, sit back, relax with your pipe. Get out there and be visible whenever you can. Make sure and be visible and smoke your pipe. I will do my best when I'm in Las Vegas to find some uh, outdoor comfortable spots to watch the crowds go by in the evenings with a drink and smoke my pipe. And uh, you know what? Even when we're out shopping and running around, I've always got a pipe with me. And if it just means to go outside for 15 or 20 minutes and get away from the mall or get away from the store, I'm out there smoking my pipe. All right. Hope you enjoyed the... uh, the visit with Paige. I love talking to Paige and his stories and uh, and his passion for the fellow pipe smokers. Uh, comments or questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. If you don't get an answer, email again because of the uh, spam filter. And uh, post any comments you got on the uh, Pipes Magazine radio show page. Everybody enjoy the long holiday weekend here in the United States. And until next time. Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy All radio is dead. Which means that these tape recordings I'm making are for the sake of future history, if any. <laughs>